0: You don't become what you want because so much of wanting is about living in the space of what you don't have.
1: I believe that we all share this common desire. We all want to be liked. We all want to be accepted. Everything we do in some way considers that fact. You can't life if you don't have a vision. You don't build your character because you know you know letting go of your ego. Thank you for listening. Imagine being affiliated or dealing with a union and having or being compelled to pay agency or union fees to an organization without having an option not to pay, without having the option not to pay. That is the central question. Of one of the central questions of the Janus, the Ask Me, case, a landmark decision out of the state of Illinois that made it to the Supreme Court and was giving a ruling in favor of Janus, Mr. Mark Janus. Mark Janus, in many ways, is a, uh, a, a, a central figure, as in the case of Miranda rights. Now, many around the country and around the nation are asking for what they call Janus. Rights. On this particular podcast episode, I am talking about and talking to have the opportunity to, to talk to Mr. Mark Janice briefly about his experiences, about what he went through and about the case at large. But before I get directly to that, here's a summary, a, a, a summary of the case, what it means and where it stands
2: prior to the ruling from the Supreme Court. The issue in this case or whether public sector union fees are constitutional. The parties to this case are Mark Janice, Child Support Specialist employed by the State of Illinois and the American Federation of State, County, Municipal Employees Council 31, otherwise known as Ask Me Council 31, as well as various departments of the State of Illinois. Ask me, its function is to bargain with the State of Illinois over Illinois' policies that affect employees. And the theory of the case, basically stated, is that it offends the First Amendment to force an employee to support union speech that he or she does not support. To understand the case in Janice, you really have to go through the chronology of the case law dealing with public sector union fees. And that story begins with the Booth versus Detroit Board of Education in 1976. The issue in Abood was, could public school teachers be forced to pay union dues as a condition of keeping their jobs? And what the Supreme Court said is partially yes and partially no. The court said that public employees can be forced to pay for the union's costs of collectively bargaining with the government and for enforcing the resulting contract. However, the court held it was unconstitutional to force employees to pay for what it called political and ideological expenses. Now, the dissenting justices at that time criticized that distinction by saying it doesn't exist because collective bargaining in the public sector is political. You're bargaining with the government to adopt a policy. That's a political activity and therefore should be just as non-chargeable to non-members as other political activities. However, the Abu dichotomy was the law and remains the law to this day. in 2014, another case came to the Supreme Court called Harris versus Quinn. Harris versus Quinn concerned whether, under a boot, individuals who were not public employees could be forced to pay compulsory union fees. And so the question in Harris was is that constitutional? And the court held that it wasn't that an Abood did not extend outside of the employment context. But for our purposes of this conversation, more importantly, the Harris Court strongly criticized a boot. The following year, the Supreme Court took another case that directly challenged a This case was called Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association. And the issue in Friedrichs was the exact same issue as in a boot. Could you force public school teachers to pay compulsory union dues to keep their jobs? However, one month after oral argument, Justice Scalia unexpectedly passed away, deadlocking the court at four to four. Uh, As a result of that, the court split four to four in Friedrichs and dismissed the case on the grounds that it couldn't reach decision leaving the issue unresolved. The primary arguments that Mr. Janice is making in this case is that there is no distinction between a political activity and collective bargaining in the public sector. In the case of the public sector, you're talking about speech directed to the government to impact governmental policies. And so that brings up speech at the core of the First Amendment. And that is a
1: background, a brief background of the case. Now, having the opportunity to speak to Mr. Janis, I got his side. I got what he saw, his experiences in the justice system, if you will, having made it to the Supreme Court and having now this case, Janice V. Ask Me, a landmark decision affecting 22 plus million public workers as well, um, excuse me, affecting over 5 million public workers as well being uh, effective in nearly 22 states. And there are other states, as we mentioned in our talk, that are still, still fighting for this to be a not just a uh, uh, a, a legal theory or something uh, theorized, but to actually be a present, a present uh, applicable and applied enforced law. So here is my conversation with Mr. Mark Janis
0: healed and went to the appellate court of the seventh circuit and we lost there and then that is what got us to the supreme court in other words you have to pretty you have to lose you know your first circuit
1: court you have to lose your appeal before you can then go on to the mm-hmm. supreme court mm-hmm. all right um in the so in the in the wake of COVID, there have been many you know uh who have criticized unions, particularly as I'm as I've talked to you about, mentioned to you teachers unions, um, and though yours wasn't a teachers union, it was the the principle is still the same. Um, many have said that you know teachers unions are selfish; they're you know they're motivated by the money, and they're not necessarily considering, in this particular case, in terms of returning back to the classroom students. Um, as it concerns that uh, unions having. Really taking on unions to the point of getting a case to the Supreme Court. What is your What are your thoughts on that? On you
0: know, the teachers union and what they're doing currently? Yes. That, okay. Well, I, I think, quite frankly, it's abominable um, because the uh, teachers union always try to emphasize that they're for the kids, uh, but yet their actions uh, seem to speak volumes against that. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever you have a powerful teacher's union, uh, like in Chicago and California and other places, um, you know, their list of demands, uh, are quite frankly, you know, so out of touch with what I would consider reality, um, from the standpoint of, well, you know, in order for them to Uh, get their kids back in school and for them to get back into school Uh, they want to defund the police Uh, they want Medicare for all Um, they want more taxes and the list goes on and on Mm -hmm. Um, and I just have a question as to what that has to do with getting kids into the classroom and there are more and more studies coming out literally week by week that talk about how kids are suffering because they're not in school, they're not in classrooms. They're they're having social uh, difficulties. Uh, they're having, um, you know, classroom, you know, understanding and comprehension uh, errors. And on top of that, there are hundreds of, and even thousands of students that have, quite frankly, just checked out mm-hmm. um, because they don't have access and the technology that even though the unions have said, well, we need to get them the technology. There are school districts all across the country that, that have provided the technology so they can do the future virtual learning, but the kids don't sign on and Mm -hmm. they don't have anybody at home to, uh, proctor, uh, in order to make sure they're doing their work. Um, you know, for a variety of reasons and it's, it's abominable and where this is hurting, the most is in your uh, you know your disadvantaged and minority communities you know the black brown communities these are the ones that are suffering more than anybody and and yet the you know they they just don't seem to to realize this in fact in Chicago uh, they threatened an illegal strike because they weren't getting their way Um, and it's just I, I just think it's abominable
1: Yes. Um, so, recapping quickly: so you through the through the Liberty Justice Center, um, you're from Springfield, Illinois, and you felt you felt the essence of what your particular union or the particular union you were dealing with was doing, requiring fees, was wrong. And so, through the Liberty Justice Center, you guys felt that y'all had a case, and you filed, and eventually made it to the supreme to the Supreme Court of the United States. Um, going through that understanding as you went through the history of you know Illinois being bankrupt and and it really not working or being feasible completely for its citizens, what is your what is the, the how or how can I, I'll i say it this way, how has your life changed um, since this case?
0: Well it's changed in such a way that, that I think I'm quite frankly much more aware of the power uh, that public sector unions have, um, and how they affect taxpayers. Because whenever someone uh, works for a, a public sector uh, government, whether it be at the local level, the state level, or the federal level, uh, their salaries are paid by taxpayers. Mm-hmm. And so, in essence, the taxpayer, in in essence, is paying those dues or what used to be agency fees. Uh, to the union, mm-hmm. and yet, uh, in any kind of contract negotiations or anything of that nature, the taxpayer is totally left out of the equation. Yes. The taxpayer does not have any type of say in in how that contract is negotiated. Yes. And you, what you also find, and there are several court cases uh, pending right now, uh, there was one teacher um, that. Uh, You know is is suing the union because even though she was a member of the teachers union and paying dues they were using that dues money to go against her own husband who was running for a state representative position Mm -hmm. elected official so she saw that the the money that came out of her pocket was being used against her and her husband which you know i i find just very interesting from the standpoint of you know the unions if you're a member of a union your union then becomes your mouthpiece you know and yes. they represent you in an exclusive manner and and what is uh what's frustrating to me is that they were espousing positions and candidates and policy that i just did not agree with period yet um because of that that's where the basis for my case came from, which is the First Amendment right, of freedom of speech, and freedom of association. And yes. that's what the case was uh, decided on.
1: Yes. I thought the, the question that was brought by the case was very, very interesting to me. Um, I've personally, uh, being a, a a future law school student, I've ne- I have personally never have looked at union fees as being an expression of free speech. I think it is. It brought up a very interesting question, and now we have a have a decision from the Supreme Court. What do you say? Because um, I've I've seen both sides. You know, you have you have the union side that says that. Well, um, to be quite frank, I think it's I think it's somewhat rude, but they say, "Oh, this is just a, a anti union right winger," and this is attack on the worker, um, and this is a, this is this is attack on. Uh, labor and fair labor what would you say to them and then could you briefly give because the decision is very you know uh streamlined and direct could you give a brief for those for 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 the sake of the report a brief summary of what the decision actually accomplished and 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 to kind of to kind of balance out and give They balance out their argument that, you know, against you, that you're you're just anti-worker and anti-union.
0: Well, number one, I'm not anti-worker. Number two, I'm not anti-union. However, the the difficulty comes in in that you have these unions that, um, you know, espouse all this this negativity about my case. And all it is is giving the, the individual worker the right to choose. Mm -hmm. that's all it says in other words you have the right and and it's decided by the courts that um you can make your own decisions to whether join or not join um and and what's wrong with that uh if if an individual is um you know believes in the union and thinks that that's what the direction they want to go then they have the right to do that but at the same time if you have an individual that doesn't agree with the union and doesn't like what the union is doing then they should also have that right not to join and not have to pay a fee and and of course um you know the 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 unions have had strong power in the public sector for years and years in fact right now uh public sectors uh unions are some of the most powerful in the country um and in essence they want to keep that power they want to keep that monopoly that they have gathered over the years um and i find it interesting that they espouse this anti-worker uh and anti um you know union uh, because it's just a matter of individual choice and you know coming from the you know from the state of illinois you know uh you know abraham lincoln he's our native son uh back in 1859 you know he basically put out the, the 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 comment and the phrase that said, those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and under a just God can at long detainment. So what what these unions are doing is they're denying the freedom of the individual to make their own choice and to have their own voice, which is what, you know, the unions fought for back, uh, you know, in the early part of the of the 1900s. Uh, And, you know, and they established, you know, what they established. But yet what I find interesting is that the unions will constantly bring up, you know, the the worker rights and the worker freedom that they fought for back in the the early part of the, the 1900s. But yet now today, that's that same worker freedom and those same worker rights are being denied to a lot of people. Uh Um, in, in public sector, uh, you know, because when a union or a, or a public sector worker wants to resign from the union, they throw up obstacles right and left that prevent them from leaving, uh, whether it be the windows, uh, whether it be, they lose the letter. Uh, I could, you know, give you all examples of what we've learned that unions are doing. And if unions are doing the job that they're supposed to be doing, representing individuals, and we're presenting workers, what are they afraid of? Wouldn't they be producing a product that people want mm-hmm. and that people would be more than willing to join and pay dues for? Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't have to go to to the avenue which they have, which is forcing people to, to join and forcing people to be members and collect dues. Yes.
1: Uh, I Yes. I, I... I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, Two final questions. Um, As we've seen a lot going on our nation on all ends of the political spectrum, having just come out of a presidential election and not getting political at all, um, I wanna keep this strictly on this case. But um, what do you, having gone through the justice system, making it to the highest court in the land, which very few do, uh, the Supreme Court gets Thousands and thousands of cases to be on the potential docket every year, and they only hear a handful of them. And you were you were able to be a handful of those, be a part of the handful a few years ago. Having gone through the, the justice system in that sense, making it to the high court in the land, would you say to those individuals that say that feel that the justice system does not work, that it is not necessarily working properly, that it's one-sided? What would you say, having had First-hand experience in it?
0: Well, uh, I would have to say that, uh, you know, if they say it doesn't work, um, then there was a, then there must have been a, what I would consider a flaw in their case or potentially a flaw in, um, you know, the representation potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in my experience, it, it did work. Uh, it, the case was um, brought um, it got denied, it went to the next level, got denied, but then when it got to the Supreme Court, it was, uh, society. um, and now I had a second case that we, we pursued and we learned, uh, last month that they denied my second case. So I, I didn't agree with the fact that, that they, that they denied it, but nevertheless, they did. So. You know, I guess you could say I'm only really bad in 50-50, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, 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 but you don't know until you try. Yeah. And if people don't try, um, you know, and, and try to, to supposedly right uh, an injustice that they feel uh, is there, um, then they may as well, you know, just give up and not try at all. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think there's too many people that, that feel that way. Uh, just because of news reports and other things, um, where they think that the deck is stacked against them, um, and quite frankly, overturning a prior decision, which is what our case did, you talk about this, the the deck of cards being stacked
1: against us. It was monumental. Yes, yes, um, I, I, I agree totally. It was it was very monumental, very huge, very big to the to the extent you know you're now. Forever a part of United States history. Um, I even, in some of my research, um, the f- I found that the fight to not pay agency fees and have that choice is now referred to as Janus rights, um, which I think is amazing. It shows um, it shows the the potency and the power of this case that now people are asking for their Janus rights. Um,
0: well i i would even go one step further you know and you can kind of make it akin to uh you know the miranda ruling years and years ago uh yes. you know where you have to be notified of your rights um because if you you know in many cases there's an awful lot of people that that don't know their rights they yes. just don't um and um, it's surprising um you know the number of people that are not aware of their rights but once they're informed of them, you know, then they can take action. Nice. Uh, so Janus rights, quite frankly, cross country are, in many states are being denied. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is legislation that is trying to get passed to bring low, you know, states in line with the Janus decision and they're getting thwarted right and left. Mm-hmm. Um, Montana is a recent, uh, uh example. They had a bill uh, that just got turned down. And their house representatives um and all it did was say hey let people know what their rights are want to make their own decision and it got turned down Definitely, and it, it lost
1: definitely uh, so you're so you're, you're in essence saying uh though there's a supreme court ruling there's still much of a fight left to 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 bring forth or to give people unrestrained their their janus rights Um, Yes, absolutely. I mean, some people would say it's akin to,
0: uh, you know, the old Brown versus uh, Board of Education fight uh, In that ruling, Uh, even though the Supreme Court ruled in that case years and years ago. um, How long did it take for for that to to take effect? And there are some people in the country that would say that it's still having to be fought and it's still having to be, um, you know, uh, you know, not, not being implemented
1: the way it should, let's put it that way. Yes, um, I, I, I agree with that. There's both sides, um, and, I, and I think to an extent freedom or the power of the individual being preserved, I think is a, a hard-fought, continuous process. Final question, um, wrapping up here. Again, thank you so much, so much for your time. Any Any regret, about this, any regret from this case, any regret about this entire ordeal that eventually made it up to the Supreme Court? If no regrets, any any misconceptions about you or this particular case that you that happens to bear your name that you would like to clear up? Well, no, I have no regrets whatsoever. Okay. Um, in
0: fact, I'm very proud um, that, that I was able to bring this case. Um, when, when this case started, uh, there was actually three of us uh, within the state of Illinois that brought this case, um, and uh, two of the three um, were, you know, dropped out of the case uh, for a variety of reasons, and mm-hmm. was left myself. But you know, having you know, parents that instilled in me that if you start something, you better dug on and finish it, uh, which is why I took it to its conclusion. What hurts the most, uh, I would say right now, is the rhetoric that people say, um, you know, that I'm a scab, that I'm a rat, um, all the usual, you know, uh, anti-worker freedom diatribes that they produce, Mm -hmm. which is definitely not the case. Uh, I have no animosity whatsoever to any individual if they decide to join the union. I think that's fine. That's an individual decision. and It's up to them to make that decision um i also feel it's it's very very appropriate that if people do not want to join they also have to have that right also Um, and that's just what this country was founded on Uh, that's what our forefathers fought for Mm -hmm. you know back uh years and years ago when they separated from england that's why we have a constitution and that's why we have a bill of rights and if you look at the bill of rights The freedom of speech and the freedom of association is number one. It's not number eight. It's not number 23. It's number one. Because our forefathers felt that that was what was needed, and that should be the, uh, how shall I say, the foundation of what this country uh, should be and continues to be.
1: Amazing. That's, I, I totally agree. Thank you so much again, Mr. Janice. I cannot ex- express how appreciative I am of you taking the time to speak with me. Um, any final thoughts or questions or comments to me?
0: No. Okay. Um, uh, good luck on your studies. Um, Thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I hope, uh, you know, that you're, you, you've mentioned something about being in pre-law and, and uh, wanting to become a lawyer. I, I think that's admirable and, uh you've got a, a long road ahead. I've got several <laughs> friends that have gone through law school. and,
1: and That was my conversation. Um, we went on to end the conversation after talking about law school just for a bit. An amazing, I think an amazing um, conversation. I, I think it's bigger than politics, but if you see it through a political lens, I can understand that. But I think it's a bit bigger than that uh, as it concerns the Janus V. Ask Me case. Um As you know, the court system in Illinois uh, dealing with this case out of Illinois, it's one of the landmark cases in recent history out of Illinois. The case, as obvious, made it to the Supreme Court, got a favorable ruling for Mr. Mark Janice. At the time, there was a governor. At the time, there was the governor. At the time, you know, a lot of people speaking out. You have left, you have all types of people speaking out. And here's the reaction I want to share the reaction of former governor of Illinois, Governor Rahner. Um, Hopefully I could share that reaction. Um, if not, he, in essence, was in defense of Governor Rahner. Um, um Governor Ronner, was, in essence, in defense of Mark Janice and what occurred during that case. What occurred during that case. Great, great conversation with him, Mr. Mark Janice, and I am grateful for it. Um, What are your thoughts? Having listened to this, this brief podcast, what are your thoughts? Do you think it was fair? Do you think the ruling was favorable? Do you think the ruling overall prioritized the individual worker? What are your thoughts? Comment, uh, share, write in, tell me, what are your thoughts? Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode, A Fight Against Labor. A fight against labor. A fight against labor. Unions. A conversation with Mark Janus of Janice v. Ask Me. Again, thank you for listening.
0: You don't become what you want because so much of wanting is about living in the space of what you don't have.
1: I believe that we all share this common desire. We all want to be liked, we all want to be accepted. Everything we do in some way considers that fact. You can't play life if you don't have vision. You
0: don't build your character because you know, you know, letting go of your ego.
1: Thank you for listening.